Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, guest host Phil Muncy talks with actor and former professional football player Terry Crews and his wife, Rebecca. They discuss Terry's personal battle with addiction and how they rebuilt trust on the road to restoring their marriage. We all enjoy Terry's acting and uh, all the different roles that he's played. Uh, both funny and intense. Uh, but what you may not know uh, is some of the things that actually uh, is a love in both Terry and Rebecca that a lot of people don't know about. First of all, thank you for being with us here today. What a great joy. I've been waiting for a long time <laughs> to have this moment with both of you. Thank you for being here. Be here. Our pleasure. Thank you. Our pleasure. It's fantastic. You look wonderful. Here you are celebrating almost 28 years of marriage, and we're going to talk about that, what a journey that's been. But what a lot of people don't know is that one of your, your heart passion is art. Yes. Yes. I started out as an artist. I am an artist first, everything else later. Um, it started literally when I was like third grade left-handed, right-brained, I would draw everything, you know, pick, I would draw my, you know, my, my mom, my father, my siblings. I was, it was like my escape into my own little world. And it kind of gave me everything I have right now. I had an art scholarship before I had a football scholarship. Wow, that's amazing. And moved from there to there. And it's kind of, it's weird because it kind of comes back around because as an actor, you are an artist. You're painting with your body, <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. And I still sketch and paint, and, and I fell in love with another wonderful artist. She's a uh -huh. musician, and we all, art has been a huge part of our lives. Well, I love it. You know, I, I believe that, you know, the, the, the three forces that shape a culture is, is education, economics, and entertainment. Yes. And basically, mm -hmm. entertainment takes ideology and shapes it into a culture. So entertainment is, is really the light of the world. So, uh, and you've had uh, an, an interesting journey too. You started out as a uh, beauty queen and, a, and then a gospel singer and uh, it's, your, it's in your heart to uh, use art. Oh, absolutely, yes. I, I had an epiphany when I went to see a musical with my mother. Um, we went to see a local uh, gifted and talented program of high school students um, who are handpicked in the in my hometown, and watching this show, I was transfixed. I like came out of my body and I said, <laughs> "I want to do that." Yeah. And I said to my mother, and I was already playing piano by that point, but she had taken me to theater things, and I just never got excited about it until that day. Wow. And there were kids my age. And I think the show was like Guys and Dolls. So they're singing and they're dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and I literally came home that day. I danced around my bedroom. I fell on my knees and I said, oh, God, let my dreams come true. Oh, wow. And I begged my mother to let me join that program. And I did. And I performed with them all through high school. Went to college on a BFA for musical theater. And that's where I met Terry. Wow. The thing people don't know is that her, one of her first shows... Yeah. She was starring in Dreamgirls and, and a community production. And yeah. I worked behind the scenes, moving sets and doing all this stuff. True. And I mean, this is when we were dating. Right before we got married. Right before we got yeah. married. I was like, I just got to be around this lady. <laughs> so I would go to football practice and then head over to the show where she was performing. She was the one wow. who was the performer in the Interesting. family. Interesting. So your journey started... Uh, 
you loved art, yeah. got a scholarship, yeah. then got an opportunity at, I think, Western yeah. Michigan to That's play it. football. And mm -hmm. then from football, you went, you got drafted and you played for the Rams, the Chargers. Rams, Packers, Chargers, uh, wow, Redskins, wow, wow. Eagles. Yeah. And, you know, we got married shortly before I got drafted by the Rams. Yeah. And uh, we were like, we're in this thing together. But the thing is, I never thought I would be an actor, ever. Not one time. It's so wild because I actually wanted to be behind the scenes. I thought I would be a special effects artist, mm. uh, writing, creating, this kind of stuff. And uh, she was the one. But what he doesn't tell <laughs> yeah, you yeah. <laughs> is that he was a dancer. Yeah, so he was do. playing football. But he was break dancing and rapping. <laughs> I could see that. He, yeah. he thought yeah. he was going to be like a rapper dancer yeah. for a little while. Mm -hmm. And um, so Terry's always had um, that ham, that inner ham. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. He's the guy always. cracking the jokes. I was going to say, yeah. when he said, I wanted to be behind the scenes, I, I, it was hard for me to really buy into that. So, Believe but, it or not, our first project was an independent film that he wrote and produced, exactly. and they directed it. It was terrible. Yeah, By the I, way, it was I, awful. That's right. I did a research <laughs> on it. And I actually have a clip. No. No, no. No, but, it, it, you know, here's the thing. Even failures move us forward because, yeah. essentially, you did get a taste of, of, of the whole movie and the whole thing, and that really actually, that failure actually propelled you into wanting to say, I want to do this. That's exactly what happened. Literally... It, I mean, it all fell apart, but I was like, I'm happy here. You know, it, it, you know, it was weird. You know you're supposed to do something yeah. if it's failing and you're like, I'm having the most fun ever, <laughs> you know? And I said, I can do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And she was the one, when I retired mm. from football, she said, Terry, we need to move to L.A. because you always have been talking about this. And I was like, really? I mean, first of all, I, gotta, I, I just got to give it up to the support that she has given me throughout my entire career because without that, you always have this doubt. I mean, a man yeah. needs to know that his wife is like 100% behind him yeah. or he'll doubt it or he'll get out there and like and shrink back and, yeah. you know, and she was like, nope, yeah. I, I got a great story. We were out there, went broke, first year out in LA. We were broke, literally searching the couch for coins. And- Yeah, we were both temping. And oh, totally, and then I said, she came to me, she said, Terry, how long will it take before we discover this is not working? And I said, first of all, we are never leaving, mm. ever. We're never leaving. We're, if, I don't care if it happens, if, if we're 99 years old and it works, yeah. it'll be worth it. She said, that's all I need to know. Mm. Well, <laughs> that's what's the, me, that's like Paul Harvey, let me tell you the rest of that. <laughs> because I had just read a story in the LA Times about how this guy spent 10 years trying to sell a script and mm -hmm. finally sold it. And that made me go, 10 years? <laughs> I got three kids, I we know. need some money. Like, what are we gonna do? And that prompted that question. But I wanna say this, after he said that to me, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Yeah. He mm. said, Rebecca, two years. He said, in two years, there's gonna be a breakthrough. Wow. And literally, I was pregnant with our third child and every child has had such a prophetic timetable in our lives mm -hmm. with each level of blessing. Yeah. And when that baby was born, a year later and to the day, two years later, he starred in his first TV show. She wow. called it. She yeah. would wow. tell me. Come on. Come on. Two, God said yeah. two years. And I was out now, there. Now, mind you, when I first heard that, I was like, two years? Yeah, <laughs> two years. Yeah. 
<laughs> so now you got a rhythm. You had a sense, man. Yeah. Not only is this right, but mm. the favor was on. When when did it start becoming really fun? And the favor started. You know, I, first of all, the first movie I was scared to death. I, I mean, I didn't know where to stand. I didn't know where to look. Arnold Schwarzenegger looks me in the face. I wouldn't say. I couldn't say the lines. I, 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 I had total stage fright. Mm. Something went wrong with the camera, and they were like, "Okay, you know what? Uh, we need to we need to take a break. We need to get back." I remember going to the side, and I was like, Terry, what are you doing? If you don't say these lines, they're going to fire you. <laughs> right? I went back in. Once they said action, I was like, Arnold, you're coming with me. He was like, I like this guy. He's amazing. <laughs> I, like, I like his energy. He's really yeah. cool. And it, after that, I woke up. Mm. It was one of those things where, you know, when they, when they say have no fear, it, it, it's, it's kind of in the movement. It's, it's in the action. It's not thinking about it and sitting. It's actually moving on it. And all of a sudden, the fear just went away. It's like going, the closer you go to the thing you're afraid of, the smaller it gets. Mm. But the more you run away, the bigger it gets. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and it was incredible. And after that, I mean, I remember doing the movie White Chicks, and that was when I was in a flow. It was, <laughs> and it really worked for a lot of people. <laughs> We're also joined uh, out on the set with uh, their pastors, dear friends of TVN, Pastor and Jim and Margaret Reed. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we're glad Hi. to have you. That's good. Good to be here. So, we feel more like mom and dad today. <laughs> yeah, really. actually. They're like our kids. That's and cool. they call you that, so. Uh -huh. Not that you look like you could be there. <laughs> it's, it's a compliment. We're working on that yeah. part every day. So this takes us to a, basically a whole other level of talking about your faith in Christ, because with your pastors here, we're now going to begin to kind of uh, get a deeper understanding of, of the real Terry and Rebecca Cruz and your faith. So how much does your faith mean to you? You have such success on every level, and I mean this sincerely, and I don't mean to be sarcastic, but a lot of people tag, you know, thank God for Jesus, and we give him all the glory, mm -hmm. but there's a sense that there's a disconnect. That's not the way you feel about your faith. Not no, at not all. at all. Not at all. I, I, you know, I was born and raised in the church. Um, some of my earliest memories is, going into, uh, you know, in the church in Flint, Michigan, growing up in Flint, Michigan, and, you know, my mom praying over us, and, right. you know, it was one of those things that... Yeah, uh, and we met in yeah. church. We met in church. We met in church. Exactly. I was a music minister, and he, we met at church, so... Yeah. But people have, in all honesty, people that grow up in church also come to a time in their life where they abandon their faith. Well, right. see, I, I have to put it like this, you know, um, there, was a, there was a time when I had to decide whether I was going to be religious or have a real relationship, you know? And right. to be religious is almost like wearing a mask so long that you become it, you know? Mm -hmm. Where it's all about how you, you look to everyone. And as long as I look good, and as long as I'm, it appears that I'm doing well, yeah. how are you, brother? Oh, in Jesus' name, I'm good, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, when your life is falling apart. Yeah. And, but you decide never to show that. And let me tell you, it, what's so wild is that growing up, in that scene, I noticed there were, there's a lot of that going on, but um, I, I literally was wearing a mask mm. over, over the time. I could say the religious thing, I could say the right thing, but it didn't really mean enough to me. It was a thing I, I call cognitive dissonance, mm. where you have two beliefs in your brain at the same time. Mm. And it's wild because you can, you can appear well. There were times where I appeared that way to my yeah. wife and family, but inside, in like my Hollywood. heart, 
Yeah. It wasn't going. And you can suffer from that in Hollywood. You can suffer from that in sports. Yeah. All these kind of things. It's the same kind of problem where you have these two beliefs that are conflicting beliefs yeah. that are going on in your head and you haven't done enough until your world falls apart. Well, right. and we're going to talk about that right. in just a moment. And I, I do think it's interesting for you to talk about what your faith means to you in the presence of your pastors, yes. <laughs> yes. you know, because yeah. it's like, this is your real accountability. Yeah. And just, you know, from a standpoint of being their pastors, what kind of commitment level do you see uh, in their day-to-day -day walk with Christ? Well, with Terry and Rebecca, the thing I love is that over the years, I've had the privilege of pastoring in Southern California of meeting some of the biggest stars, a lot of it through Terry, not all of it, but a lot of it. But everyone I met, they were already stars. We got to meet Terry and Rebecca when they first came out and yeah. were quote unquote, no, I wouldn't say nobody. She'd already <laughs> been on TV on the wrestling thing, T-Money, yeah. something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. So all that to say, I've seen them take the journey to where they're at today. And uh, both in his career, I've seen them take the journey. I am blessed and amazed and so proud of you guys for still being married, mm. uh, for still going at it. Uh, it's worth the price you've had to pay. Uh, the best is yet to come for you guys. In fact, we're probably gonna talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Absolutely. Jim, uh, you not just pastor the cruise, you have navigated them through uh, what ultimately came out in uh, Terry's book, we'll talk about it in a minute, but uh, some pretty difficult, challenging times. And it actually- And it relates to you. Tell us yeah. the story. Well, first of all, uh, you probably remember this. I'm sure you do, but I was on the golf course with Phil. And you know what? If someone calls me on the golf course, I'm half teasing, but you better be dying. <laughs> I mean, I'm not golfing, it better be serious. Don't just call me because you want me to pray a prayer for your cat or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I got a call from Terry and somehow by the way, by the time I got it, it was a, it was a message. I tried to call back from the golf course. That's how much I love you. I tried to call you back from the golf course, oh, but you were in Bulgaria at that time, I think yes. making the first Expendables, so he left me a message. And uh, but before I get into that even, because of that, you said, I want to talk to Terry. He's in Bulgaria? Because your mom and dad That's right. are, mission, are missionaries. Right. I know your dad's in heaven now. Yeah, but my uh, mom and dad had started a school yeah. uh, 20 years earlier teaching them, uh, them how to speak English. Everyone wanted to learn English, and they used the Christian curriculum to do it. So when I found out he was in Bulgaria, I, we made the, the hookup, Connection. and he was with, you know, who's yeah. all the guys that were in Expendables? All the Expendables was oh, Stallone, yeah. uh, Van Damme, uh, you know, just Stallone, everybody, yeah. all the yeah, big Stallone, guys, yeah. Schwarzenegger. So we made the yeah. connection, yeah. And, and essentially you did hook up with yeah. my, uh, my mom's school. and It was awesome. Listen, your mom took the <laughs> best care of me. I have never been taken <laughs> care of on location like that ever. She fed me. She, we talked, you know, we just talked family. It was like home. She yeah. made sure I was at home all the way on the other side of the world in Bulgaria. Yeah, no, and, she loved and that it. that was such a God thing. I'll tell you why. Because what he'd called me about, which led him spending time with your mom, which was a God thing. Basically, Terry had, had come clean to Rebecca a while earlier than that about porn addiction, mm -hmm. uh, other issues. And they were working all that out. In fact, Margaret is part of it. And bottom line is he's in Bulgaria making a movie great break for Terry, but his life's falling apart. Yeah. I mean, Rebecca's had it with him. You know, she's wondering what's going on with all these beautiful girls she sees him with, whether it's just on the set or whatever, and she'd had it. So Terry was like, Terry's like in this letter, I'm trying. You know, he'd been to, I think, or we're going to 
rehab, yeah. I don't know if they call yeah. it that, you know, yeah. rehab, all mm -hmm. that. So I remember I got this, and so Terry, you sent me an email actually, we couldn't make contact with the time difference, everything else going on. And I remember I looked at this, I go, oh man, what do I say? Sometimes pastors, you don't really know what to say, you gotta trust God. So I was really asking God for some wisdom. I, in fact, I asked Marguerite a little bit, because bottom line, uh, Terry's like, I don't get why my wife's not trusting me, man. I'm doing my best. And so I figured out, yeah. So I looked at Marguerite, said, Marguerite, what would you tell Terry? Because she realized, I liked it, because she could also read Rebecca. Do you remember what she kind of told me? Yeah, well, to me, uh, you needed to go uh, above and beyond, because trust had been broken. And so uh, you knew you weren't uh, messing around if you were having lunch with somebody, but you had to go above and beyond uh, to uh, earn that trust back because you had to look at it from Rebecca's point of view. Yeah. And, um, and, and I appreciated that. I wanted to say that um, I have, he sent me the email that you sent him. Mm -hmm. He says, honey, look, I, I, call, I emailed Pastor Jim, I swear, you know. Oh. And he showed me what you said to him, and I remember really appreciating someone talking about trust because mm -hmm. a lot of times you hear a lot about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You hear a lot about how you should forgive, but you don't often hear a lot about how accountability helps you forgive and how that helps trust be rebuilt. Exactly. And I found in my experience with recovery in this situation, the recovery of my part, mm -hmm that there's a lot of pressure on the victim to forgive. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what the Bible says, but we don't talk enough about what the person who has offended them right. needs to do to win that person back or to rebuild that. Yeah. Because faith is not built in a vacuum. Mm. Faith is based on evidence. Faith is based on character established through time and repetition. Yeah, mm -hmm. which and, is kind of what I said in that, yeah. in that email. I said, look, Tara, I was trying to get you to focus not just on yourself. Because, yes. you know, you were saying, look, I'm doing my best, I'm focused, but you got to also have some patience and faith in Rebecca, because you put her in a battle. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's your issue, I'm sure you're both, by the way, right. but bottom line, this is your issue. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I compared it, which you probably don't remember this, but you loved that. You sent me like an email, you loved it. I said, look, Terry, you know how to build muscles. So look at you, man. You can do your pec pops yep. and everything else. Yep. I said, but now I got to build some different kind of muscles. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. I was reaching out to my parents. You know, like, Dad, what do mm. I do here? Mm. You know what I mean? It was like they've always been our spiritual parents in a lot of ways. And it was wild because the light came on. Because when you hear it in a different way, the way he put it, I was like, oh, you know, forgiveness, you, you, there's forgiveness, and then you have to make amends. Right. There is the, the, the act of making amends and correcting yeah. and going back, because that says you're sorry. Because right yeah. now, a lot of people just say, I'm sorry, and then just walk away. For, right. See, right. For, forgiveness can be instantaneous. Right. But trust has to be re rebuilt. Wow. Right. Absolutely. And, and that, that takes time. Mm -hmm. And I Absolutely. think that yeah. I want to say that to any um, women or men that have been offended by their spouse or offended by any other situation that there's no pressure on you, there you go. to hurry up and get over it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because healing is a process. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Healing takes time. First there's a wound, then there's a scab, and then there is a process of, of, of letting that heal until there's not even a scar. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think that that needs to be said. Yeah. 
you know, I, because yeah. even in Jesus, absolutely. Jesus touched people sometimes more than once yeah. before they were completely healed. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's great. I, think, I often tell people that uh, there's a short window period for forgiveness, and the, when the expiration date goes expires, it becomes bitterness. Mm. Once it becomes bitterness, mm. uh, and people then say, let it go. You can't let it go. Mm. It now has a life of its own. Mm. Now the Bible says it's a root. So you, you, you tell somebody that's been cheated on or someone that's faced a loss, and you say, let it go. They can't let it go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than them now. Right. I often tell people, forgiveness is not something you sometimes uh, can give. Sometimes forgiveness comes, has to come through you, not from you. Yes. Yeah. It's beyond you yes. when someone does that. Yeah. So what I love about both of you and, and, and you and Marguerite, you guys uh, pastor a church of over 10,000 people. And we know, we know that half the church is never at any service so it, you're touching a lot more people than that and you have reached so many people but when God brings people like this such, such high mm. profile that are under an attack mm. what what do you feel has been the key for you that allowed them to come into uh, both of your lives that you could help them in such a way well trust for us was developed uh, even when I hate to say when you were nobodies you know right, when right. you weren't uh, and uh, they saw our love for them just as deeply at that point. Uh, we loved and cared for them, um, even when they weren't uh, super successful in the world's eyes. And Plus, thank you for being our choir director for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. the church really saved me because we came to L.A. We, you know, we were Christians. We had been a part of churches on all our NFL teams. Mm -hmm. So we always stayed involved in church somehow, some way. Yeah. But... We came to LA knowing we were gonna stay mm -hmm. and we needed a home. And we visited several places and I just was looking for stability. I was looking for yeah. commitment. I was looking for people who walk the talk. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And I exactly. used to listen on the radio. Right. And then I stumbled into the church after going through a loss. We lost a baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, a little far in, you know, it was pretty devastating loss. And God really healed me through faith community. And then planted me in the church. And he said to me, it's time to start serving again and mm. plug yeah. into this church. And I've, we've been there 17 years. Yeah. Oh. It, it was so early, Phil. I remember mm -hmm. you come on, on our Christian TV. We used to do what we called Man on the Street. <laughs> yeah. Long time yeah. in Whittier. This is the I early days that. of it. <laughs> you came out to us and, and you, I don't, think you'd, I don't know if you'd done anything yet. Yeah. And that was so cool. So I like yeah. to say, I, I had Terry on my show <laughs> before he did anything. <laughs> Uh, man on the well, screen helped discover him. Right. Come on. Right. Right. I take total credit for it. <laughs> right, yeah. So look, uh, the, the, the thing about uh, that uh, I, I so celebrate is, is how much uh, you, you both have been such a blessing. Yeah, I was going to say one thing I made a commitment to you, uh, Rebecca, is that I said, call me, text me, because you guys were doing traveling. You were back east for a while. I said, I don't care what time zone I'm on. You know, I'm available, and you guys are going to have a happy marriage if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's something powerful when you know someone's on your side and when your emotions were all over the place, and rightly so, yeah. you know, I said, hey, you can, you can call me up and you can yell and scream and we'll figure out, you know, what problems first you need to yeah, deal with beautiful. with Terry. Because right. yeah. at that point, everything you were yeah. mad at. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, this, is what I, I, this is what I want our viewers to see is how vital it is for that pastoral covenant relationship, mm -hmm. accountability. Yes. And you had said something, Rebecca, about 
listening to uh, Pastor Jim on the radio. Yeah. And then through the crises, you actually went to the church. Yeah. And, and the scripture says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. Look, if you don't have a shepherd whose that's, voice you can hear, and there may be a hundred, you may pass a hundred churches before you even <laughs> to get to the church. But if you hear a voice within a voice, don't let go of that. I, yes. I can even remember when you did when you moved out to New York. Mm -hmm. And because I oversee a network of churches, you were saying, you know, recommend me some churches. But I remember the Holy Spirit telling me, I, I said, look, you've got something going here. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't let go. Yep. It's like a marriage when God puts something together. Yeah. Terry, would you just speak to the other Terrys that are out there mm -hmm. that are haven't had their Damascus off experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And would you reach out to them and talk to them one-on-one -on, -one on what you feel has to happen for them to come to a place that you have come to? Well, first of all, I brought up earlier this cognitive dissonance. And what was wild is that I was Christian man, married for a long time, churchgoer, Everything looked great, you know? Everything on the outside looked fantastic. Hey, how are you doing, brother? Wonderful. But inside, I had a total addiction to pornography. Mm. And it was one of those things where, you know, you almost feel like you say, it's kind of like with people with alcohol or anything, they say, oh yeah, I can quit anytime. You feel like, well, I can just quit that. But when you want, when you don't want to do it, yeah. and you do it anyway, yeah. it's like, what is happening? Mm. What is going on? And slowly but surely, I was losing my grip on everything. It started to color the way I saw everybody in my life. Mm. And she, and, and, and this is the thing, I, and this I thoroughly believe this, and one thing that feeds pornography is your beliefs. Mm. And I, being the car-carrying, football-playing, masculine super guy, I believed I was more valuable than my wife and kids, mm. which puts me in a place where your wife and kids are kind of property. They become, you can control them, you can cajole, you can move, uh, whatever you're saying, don't, don't, you know. I used to dismiss her. Mm. I remember mm. feeling like, ah, oh, she doesn't know what she's what talking about. And she's speaking truth. Yeah. Totally, but I could not hear it. Mm. Christian man walking around, I know what I'm doing. It's my way or the highway. Some of these <laughs> things that you, you know, you kind of pick up that have nothing to do with, your, with, with what Jesus is telling you to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all the stuff you're bringing in and adding to. And let me tell you something. Once I remember, there was a, there was a time where, when I finally, she came to me and she kept telling me, Terry, something's not right about you. Something's not right about you. Yeah. And I would lie. I would literally be like, oh, I know you're, I don't know, you're, you're wrong, whatever. Yeah, and I yeah. knew nothing would be right. And let me tell you, all culminated. This one day I was in New York, she was in LA. She called me up. She said, something's not right, Terry. Tell me what it is. And I really, God literally told me, and this is a boy, I mean, I heard it. He said, if you don't come clean to her, I'm done with you. Hmm. I'm done with you. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, like, God, wait, wait, wait. He's like, hmm. I've had enough. I've given you grace. I've given you all that. I've given you, every time I let you come back and you get a chance to clean it up, hmm. and you didn't. 
if you don't do this now, it's, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling her, telling her about my addiction, telling her about the times I fell, telling her about all, and she, I never, I remember hearing this audible gasp and it was the most painful thing I ever Jesus. heard in my life because it's real now. Yeah. And the, mm -hmm. literally she said, You're, I'm done with you, go, you, you can't come home, it's a wrap, it's over. I called Pastor Jim. <laughs> I'm literally in the next, in, in, within that wow. moment. I, I remember that call, Terry. Mm. And, and I want everyone to know that when Terry called me, he for real was broken. Because mm. I've talked to a lot of guys who got caught and their wives make them call me. And yeah, I can just tell, but they're not really ready to change yet. Terry was basically, I'm a, I'm a liar, I'm a hypocrite. He went through it all. And I remember, the, I think one of the best things that God gave me to tell you at that time, I said, look, Terry, he said, I wish I could promise you that if you do the right thing, your marriage will survive. Eventually, Rebecca will take you back. So I said, Terry, I can't promise you that. Mm -hmm. I said, if you're gonna change, you gotta change for you. Yeah. And if it still costs you your marriage, hope not, but if it does cost you whatever, you gotta change for you. And honestly, I don't know very many people that I've seen, Terry, you and I'll talk about that, either talk about this some more about what you did, because I'm telling you what, you've, what you did, and actually, Rebecca's whole separate story, Absolutely. what you've done, it's, these guys sitting here feel are a miracle. I know that. Mm -hmm. And just talk about what really? you did, and I think right. it's worth it. You know, it's to, to have you still have your wife, yeah. still, and I think, I, I think, I even think, Terry, I think your career is what it is today Absolutely. because of God's favor upon mm, you. That's true. That may not, you know, maybe you would have succeeded the other way. Who knows? But I know that your success is because of God's favor because he made some tough choices. Wow, that's yeah. powerful. Well, I want to, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, in the same way you had to deal with your own, you know, struggle for the addiction, I prayed with Rebecca, and you did some powerful uh, wrestling, too, because... Yeah, I went to rehab, too. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, dealing with that, yeah. forget... You guys talked a thousand times we more did. than we talked. And, and I want to say, too, one of the things that happens with a secret coming out is that it makes you wonder about everything in your life. It makes you wonder, like how much of everything that I knew about you and believed about you now isn't true. That's right. Mm -hmm. And it makes you crazy. It really makes you crazy. And so there's therapy for the crazy, mm -hmm. right? Excellent. And so I, I want to say this because one of the things I used to call my husband was Mr. Image, okay? Uh, because he would be polite to me when the fans were watching. Mm -hmm. And then we'd get in the car and it'd be another Terry. And I used to go, you're phony. I'm like, you're phony. Mm. I'm like, you smile and wave at me and treat me all good because you know the fans like that image of you, but you know what? God is going to get you. I used to say, <laughs> I used to say, oh, God is going to get you. That's what he did. But, but the thing I want to say is this. When my husband sat me down and said, because we had a marriage council we went to all the time. Um, he was on our reality show, so I won't drop his name, but he was on our show. And he told Terry, you need to go to, there are a couple places I can send you because this is addiction. Mm -hmm. And when my husband sat down and said, I'm going, I was shocked. I was shocked because this was somebody who I knew protected his public image tremendously. And there was something about that decision that just made me know, oh my God, he is for real. Right. Mm. He is for real. And I was like, now I'm going to have to forgive him. 
I remember you saying that. Because, because yeah. I said, God said to me, how are you going to preach the gospel and you won't live it? Yeah. Because this is rubber meets the road. Yeah. Exactly. Forgiveness is the highest calling of Christianity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are no more Christian than when you love those who don't deserve it. Yeah. And I just was like, <laughs> no, Lord. You know, but, 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 even, but he did the work is yeah. the point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I want to add to that. Forget the, the, the most brilliant word that pastor gave me mm. was that you need to get better for you. Yes. That's right. Praise mm. God. And that changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause usually he's like, I want to get my wife back and I want to, yeah. and it was like, but she could, she, that's her decision. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's not my decision. Yeah. And I said, but I still need to, to work on me. Yeah. And I said, and God was like, I'm dealing with you right now. That's yeah. good. And I, that, was like a watershed moment. That's when I knew I could go. I needed to go get help. I needed yeah. to make and, that work. And, and that was I a wonderful you, word. And I want to give you credit, honey, because once he made this decision, and it was, and it was something that was just so from the heart, so real, you know, once he made that decision, it's like God gave him credit mm -hmm. because then God was on me. Mm -hmm. He said, now, Rebecca, mm -hmm. yeah. I told you to throw him out. God told me to give yeah. him the consequence. Yeah. And I didn't. And he said, and this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit said, we're waiting. Mm. We're waiting. Mm -hmm. And literally within an amount of time, I felt just the pressure of the Lord to say, now, gather up the oil and the wine and the work and come and walk alongside him as he recovers. Mm. And he said, and if he's not a better man by X amount of time, then you leave. Wow. But if he changes, you're not going to want to leave. Well, I'm still here. You've made it worth it. Where's my wife, Jeannie? <laughs> Look, Terry, a lot of men out there. Help him. Let me tell you guys out there, men, first of all, pride. Pride is our biggest issue. Pride was my biggest issue. I have a story. I remember taking my son. He was about six years old to this movie, and it was uh, superheroes and explosions and everything, and people were dying, and he's wincing. And I remember looking down at my son, and I said, you know, are you sure you want to go? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's frightened. He, he's had his hands all over his face. And I'm like, okay. So I sit for a couple more seconds and he's still shaking and with every explosion. And finally we went out to the lobby and I said, son, are you okay? He's like, yeah. I'm like, no, you're not okay. Son, are you okay? And he said, no. And it, I recognized that at six years old, mm. there was the pride of being a man, holding on, having the strength, appearing strong. When you're not, that was me. Here I had a problem watching pornography and it became this huge monster that I couldn't control. And I would never admit it. And the whole thing was, are you okay? God was looking at me saying, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he, finally, I went to God. Finally, I said, no, I'm not okay. I am not okay. 
And when that pride broke down, when all of that melted, God was like, now I can change you. Now it can happen. And let me tell you, guys out there, let me tell you, what was crazy is after I came out with all of this stuff, I have hundreds of thousands of emails and people who had the same issue, but were still afraid mm. to, to really tell it like it is. And I want to tell you, be very careful about that, but it's, it's got to be a point where you get real with God, mm. you and him alone. You have to get real. Let God tell you and, and speak to you. And you share this, your brokenness, share your issues, share your whole heart. Because you, you think, sometimes you think you are, but I really, really wasn't doing that until I was broken down. Oh, and I want to say that we're here to help you. And we have shared some of our story online. And you can go to Facebook. In fact, if you Google Terry Crews Facebook, Dirty Little Secret. Real Terry Crews. Real Terry Crews. Real Terry Crews on Facebook. There are several videos, seven videos, where we shared our story. And I think that you'll be tremendously helped by that. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.